0: Do good work, do your best, um, ask for advice when you don't know what you're doing and and take every opportunity to, to learn.
1: What if you could complete your MBA in just one year? Thanks to the College of Charleston School of Business, now you can. Their accelerated MBA program condenses a traditional two-year program into one rigorous year, ensuring you not only save a year of tuition and fees, but also re-enter the workforce quickly and graduate with critical business knowledge. U.S. News & World Report recognized the College of Charleston MBA as number one in the country for its job placement rate within three months of graduation. Learn more at mba.cfc.edu. Good morning, and welcome to Beyond the Business, brought to you by the College of Charleston School of Business, the College of Charleston School of Business, where students are beyond ready to work, they're ready to make an impact. Each Saturday morning at 9, successful business leaders and entrepreneurs from across the Low Country talk about what it takes to succeed in business and in life. Now your hosts of Beyond the Business, Eric Cox and Leslie Haywood.
2: And great Saturday morning, Low Country. Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Business, heard here on 94.3. And presented by the College of Charleston School of Business, where students are beyond ready to work. They're ready to make an impact. Leslie, I hope you're ready to make an impact this Saturday morning. How are you doing?
3: I am ready to make an impact. Now, I'm going to warn you last night was Jason's 51st birthday. Oh, Lord. On the 13th, Friday the 13th. Oh, Oh, Jason, yes. And and you
2: made it. (laughs) Or he made it. That's the question. Did Jason make
3: it? (laughs) You might have to carry me, you know, but we're good. We're good. We're good. It's exciting.
2: Well, good Saturday morning to you. Welcome to another great show we have lined up today here on Beyond the Business. And uh, if folks want to check us out, how can they uh, do a little interaction with us?
3: Yeah, let's go to make sure and um, find us on Facebook, uh, Beyond Saturday Mornings on our Facebook page and also on Twitter at BTBCHS. Looking forward to talking to you and you can find some good information on there. Please come by and check us out.
2: And we had a great show over the last couple weeks as well, Uh, Mr. Will Perry, who's the founder and CEO of Worldwide Power Products, out of uh, where is he? Out of Houston, Texas. Uh, What an incredible story! Uh, What a great company. I mean, they we talk about again if you've gone online and looked at them, we talk about generators. These aren't generators; they're like the size of of you know massive buildings. I mean, they're. I know. uh, I know. What an incredible. uh, business they have. But um, if you don't mind, share with us a, a nugget or two you took away from uh, Mr. Perry's shows.
3: I absolutely loved how transparent he was about the tough times that he went through. I mean, his sales, his customers, his employees, his overall business was basically cut in half due to a shift in his industry that he couldn't have predicted. And looking back, he said that those dark times made his business better. And I guess it's one of those, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So to all of you going through something like that now, um, know that there is a way out. And um, he had to sell his house, his car. He said he was feeling like he was gonna throw up every day at his desk for two years, but his business is stronger and better than ever now. So it is always darkest before the dawn. Um, if, If you're in it, just know there is a way out. It was really inspiring.
2: Yeah, I really appreciate his transparency as well. And, you know, it's one of the reasons I love doing this show is that I think it provides an opportunity for those that are out there in, in this country who are running businesses and CEOs of major organizations to realize that you're not alone when you go through those moments and that there is light at the end of the tunnel. So I really appreciate him sharing that. If you happen to miss uh, Will's show, don't fret. You can check us out via our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, or simply go to our website at Coastal. WM.com and all you got to do is type in beyond the business and you can check out will parish uh, story or go back for the last eight years and just binge all weekend on beyond <laughs> the business. If you have nothing better to do on this mid, uh, what are we mid August uh, weekend? Yeah. Hard to believe. So, no.
3: Hey, um, back to school is happening.
2: Thank the Lord. So uh, <laughs> it was a rough week, but my kids made it, and it's our first weekend. And so uh, I'm sure everybody's sleeping in late today. Um, but we're excited to turn the pages. We always do to another guest, and uh, uh, you know it's it's incredible how week in and week out Leslie we just continue, uh, whether it's here in the Low Country or out in Houston, Texas, or over in Belgium. And, you know, Antwerp, Belgium, we have guests from all around the world who just bring great stories. And today I'm excited because we have uh, a low country uh, story, and that is Mr. Mark Marchin on the line, who's the CEO and principal of LS3P. And, uh, Mark, first of all,
0: good morning and welcome to Beyond the Business. Good morning, Eric and Leslie. Thank you so much for having me. Looking forward to our conversation this morning.
2: We're excited to have you, Mark. And um, before Leslie dives in and really starts grilling you, you know, she's the tough one here. Um, why don't we take a few seconds, you know, give the 20 second commercial for those that are out there listening? Now that we're a worldwide show, you know, Mark, um, there probably are a couple people who don't actually know who LS3P is. Give us a little quick commercial on that.
0: Sure. Thank you. Well, LS3P, we're a full service architectural firm. So the services we provide are architectural. Uh, interior design and planning. Uh, We work uh, in three states uh, traditionally with eight offices in North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia. Uh, We're beginning to start an office in Atlanta, which we're very excited about. And I think the easiest way to share what we do is to share a little bit about our vision. Uh, Our commitment to the Southeast, we create architecture that enriches community uh, through a culture of design, excellence, expertise, innovation, and collaborative engagement. Maybe we can unpack that a little bit later, but essentially, we serve our clients through deep relationships and deep deep expertise in everything that we do to provide wonderful uh, architectural solutions.
2: I I love it. Oh, sorry, I was just going to say I know we're going to get in a lot deeper in that, probably mostly next week, but we know your work a uh, matter of fact, again, our sponsor, which is the College of Charleston School of Business, you guys were the responsible for the Beatty Center over there and, uh, absolutely. one of your own Mr. Uh, Richard Gal there is very active with our school of Business, so uh, yes. we really appreciate that relationship oh.
3: I didn't know that either. That's awesome. it's all
2: kinds of new things that you learn here this morning. I know,
3: I know. That's great. And before we get into all that, though, let's delve into who and what made Mark who he is. Because after all, this is beyond the business. People you know, stories you don't. So let's get into some of those stories that we don't know about you. Uh, Give us a little um, flavor as to where you were born, what your upbringing was like, maybe some siblings, what your family was like
0: sure well I was born in Charleston uh, had a great childhood I grew up on James Island uh, I joke around with some local folks that I grew up south abroad you just have to cross the Asher River to get to where I was and and uh, <laughs> growing up on on James Island was fantastic uh, you know back in the late 70s early 80s uh, a lot of woods a lot of a lot of the developments and neighborhoods you see there now are not were were not there when I was a kid and so with a bicycle and a network of, of buddies from the baseball field it was just a really wonderful wonderful place to grow up. Um, my parents moved to Charleston from uh, Orangeburg. Both of them grew up in Orangeburg, so sort of small town, uh, came to uh, Charleston to work. My father was a, uh, a postman when I was very young. He delivered mail downtown in Hampton Park Terrace. Uh, my mother was a school teacher uh, She taught kindergarten and then first grade uh, in Charleston County uh, School District. And so um, they were just, they're wonderful parents. They're still wonderful parents. Uh, they're still alive, and I'm fortunate for that. Um, they were wonderful parents, taught me a, war, a hard work ethic, taught me that love and support means more than anything, uh, and really gave me a great, valuable education uh, growing up. So, I had a great childhood. I'm a lucky person for that. Uh, I have childhood friends that I still call friends and, and try to see as often as I can. And so much of that is, is a part of just growing up in a really, really great community i tell you, it's interesting,
2: Leslie, if you go back over eight years, and, and we always sort of draw inferences from all these amazing guests we have. We have a large contingency of CEOs and entrepreneurs that we have had on this show that grew up in James Island. Mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty amazing that it's turned out that many, right? So, uh, yeah, that's true. Give, give us a little flavor for what you were like as a kid. Um, were you studious into sports? Rotten? What was the deal?
0: <laughs> I was I was a student. I don't know if I was studious. Uh, <laughs> I um, I I, I enjoyed school uh, to the extent that I enjoyed everything that school had to offer, if you will. Um, I, I went to a uh, I went to Portugal growing up, and so I was exposed to a lot of things. Being that it was a smaller school, I was able to play sports. I was involved in a lot of their uh, uh, extracurricular uh, community programs that they're so good at. Um, I loved art growing up. I was I was okay at math, I enjoyed math. Um, and so I think the art and math in me uh, at an early age got me kind of excited about creating things, designing things, um, thinking about how things went together, and then expressing those through art. But I excelled at probably things outside of the classroom as, as a young student. Uh, as I got older and into, into college and graduate school, obviously my my shift uh, to academics was serious and, and I got very, very excited about that side of, um, of the education, uh, offerings, but, uh, love sports growing up, uh, you know, rode my bike to the baseball fields, did a lot of swimming, uh, really got into soccer when soccer wasn't cool back in the day and, uh, excelled at soccer, played year round when that wasn't normal back in the day and made a lot of really great friends and relationships through those athletic opportunities, which was wonderful. So, <laughs>
3: Looking back at those early years, is there any um, what's like some of your best qualities that you can attribute directly to your parents and your upbringing?
0: I think certainly to my parents, and, I'm, and I mentioned this earlier, is just a hard work ethic. Um, they they instilled to in me at a young age that in order to have things, you have to work and and uh, earn a living and buy them, right? And and I didn't have a lot growing up as a kid, but I had what I needed, and and that was that was perfect. And when I wanted something, okay, go cut someone's yard, uh, go figure out a way to do something to earn a little bit of money so you can so you can buy it. Um, that's that was a big deal. I think the other lesson that um, my parents instilled in me and my and my father still says this to me every day is, he says, "Don't get the fat head." Which you're probably wondering, well, what does that mean? But ultimately, it's remember who you are. Don't let your head get bigger than it should be. Uh, be humble. Uh, trust in others. Um, remember that you're no better than anybody else, and 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 if you can, I think if you can remember that simple thing, it's a lot easier to get through life um, and not get too ahead of your skis or too in front of your capabilities, which is really great. So, I appreciate them for that. Um, they still remind me of some of those little things. Um, my work ethic is is still strong. I try to bestow that upon my two kids, uh, which is harder to do these days when everything you can get tomorrow or maybe in an hour.
3: Oh, um, that Amazon Prime.
0: Jeez <laughs> yeah. Louise. It's like but, Christmas
3: uh, every day over here.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. But um, you know, I think those are the things growing up that I really learned and and and, and sort of the value relationships too, which we I'm sure we'll talk about a lot more this morning or or next week.
2: So as you headed off to uh, Clemson, um, which Leslie is really uh, excited about right now, she moved my has... daughter
3: in Thursday. So we're, yeah, we're, going, we're going up in Thursday. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So as you went off You're to tired. Clemson, what was, uh, what was on your mind in terms of, Hey, I'm going to go to college for this. And ultimately when I graduate, here's the goal.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I went to a small school, as I mentioned earlier, uh, first grade through 12th grade. So a, a lot of what Clemson was for me was something bigger. And, um, uh, sort of opening my eyes to a different student population than I was used to, uh, for sure. Um, but I didn't really know what to expect, Eric, to be honest with you. I mean, I was interested in architecture. And that came from my parents built a house when I was 12. And I was fascinated with this idea that something could be put on paper and then and then constructed uh, by others uh, into, into a three-dimensional uh, livable thing. Uh, and so, for me, getting into the design school at Clemson, I was really interested in Learning about that craft, you know, how do you how do you really create something out of an idea, um, something that it's in your head, it goes on paper, and then becomes reality through construction. And and what was great about the architecture program or the or the design program, undergraduate program at Clemson, is they take you through the basics of design. You know, form, scale, texture, color, light, shadow, void. Um, all these kind of basic things about uh, form and architecture all the way through, you know, your fourth year where you're looking at the details of buildings. And that was fascinating to me as a as a, as a young person that didn't know a lot about that topic. So um, I was a sponge for sure. It was challenging. Uh, again, I wasn't the greatest student. Um, I excelled at certain topics and not at others, but um, learned how to really prioritize um, time and, and focus on the things that would hopefully propel me into a successful career. And late in my undergraduate days, um, I, I was exposed to uh, healthcare architecture, which is what I ended up getting my master's degree in. And um, and, and that's, that opened me up to a whole new world of kind of architectural influence uh, and, and, the, and the human condition, quite frankly.
3: During those early years, and this is for personal reasons, what were some of the challenges or pitfalls going off to college?
0: Well, you know, your first time you're ever independent, right? And uh, I mean, I, I had a roommate that I, I, uh, I played soccer with growing up, but we didn't go to school with. So I, I, I knew him well. Now we're great friends, of course, but I knew him well, but not not as deep as some of my other childhood friends. And so I think it I think the first is, you know, Fostering a relationship with someone you're going to live with, right? <laughs> I mean, you've I've never done that before, other than my sister and my parents, and right? uh, and and then obviously just a whole new world of people, um, different exposure to to um, an academic uh, structure that maybe you're not used to. You have to be responsible for your schedule, obviously. I mean, these are basic things that you laugh at now, of course, but that's that's a pretty um pretty abrupt change of your life, uh, overnight. Uh, you know, I, I, joined a fraternity and there's, you know, there's that thing, uh, you know, the social aspect, the, uh, maybe the pressures of that, but for me, it helped me balance time and priorities, uh, which was good. Um, and then just, you know, navigating life in general as an 18, 19, 20 year old kid. And I mean, you're still a kid, you know? Um, so, um, I don't know, Leslie. I don't know if that helps you and your child. <laughs> no,
3: it does. It does. Good I do. Good luck, Leslie. <laughs> Good
2: Hey, by the way, in case you're wondering whose story that you're listening to, it's uh, Mr. Mark Marchand, again, CEO, principal of LS3P here in Charleston. Uh, of course, you're listening to him here on Beyond the Business, uh, presented by the College of Charleston School of Business. And and Mark, as you're coming out of Clemson, you, you get your degree. I know you end up with your master's. I think you actually did a little uh, overseas time in between that yeah. to get some experience. Um, give us a little flavor for all that coming to a culmination and the thought of, what am I going to do to launch my you know, career path?
0: Yeah. So, um, uh, you mentioned um, some time in Italy uh, that I had. Clemson has a an architectural program. Uh, they, they actually have three abroad uh, programs. Uh, one's in Barcelona, one's in Italy, and one's in Charleston. I know that's not abroad, but humor me there. Uh, and uh, I, I was able to uh, take Take advantage of the opportunity in Genoa, Italy, which was unbelievable. Um, learned a lot about architecture as you can imagine, uh, being immersed in, in Italy. But really learned a lot about myself and about the world. I mean, that was the first opportunity to kind of be eyes wide open to a different culture and, and certainly um, having a better understanding of of the world operates differently when you're when you're not in America, right? So, um, learn about learned a lot about what I love about our country and learned a lot about what I didn't know about myself and um, how to be a better person, how to be more open to different ideas, which I think is very important in the business world. And uh, so, that was a wonderful thing. The other thing I learned when I was in Italy is that I was um, really missing a certain person back home uh, who ended up becoming my wife. um, And her name's Elizabeth. And, And I think part of the reason I'm in Charleston, to be honest with you, or started in Charleston, is when I finished my master's degree Uh, we got engaged and my wife had just accepted a uh, graduate opportunity at the Medical University of South Carolina. And so, long story short, I had to come back to Charleston if I was going to marry this wonderful woman. So, I did. And uh, came to LS3P um, partially because i had worked a couple summers at the firm. But more importantly, LS3P had a very young and, and budding healthcare architecture practice. And for me, it was an opportunity to be part of a group that had a huge potential to grow uh, from a great firm that had been established since 1963, but with a, a small team of healthcare architects that could really take it to the next level. So for me it was there's a little bit of an entrepreneurial opportunity there within a larger firm that that really attracted me back to the to LS3P.
3: So, how important would you say doing those internships? You said that's where you found your first job. Yeah, what, I mean, what did you do during those that time that yeah, led well, you to this it, path?
0: It's um and, and these are summer internships between uh, you, you know between graduate school, um, the years in graduate school, and and you really kind of learn the the first, uh, the the basics of of practice of architectural practice. A lot of the tasks you're doing are are the most simple and sort of anything and everything that, that your project manager or the project architect you're working for asks you to do. So, it could be an architect that hear this will laugh, but you could be drawing the bathroom details and, uh, you know, some of the interior elevations, uh, making copies, you know, renderings, putting together uh, presentation boards, sort of the grunt work of architecture, if you will. But you have to go there. You have to start somewhere, right? I think more importantly, what you learn is what's going on around you. Um, I, I like to call it kind of observational learning. You know, you're sitting out in a on a floor with 40 50 other architects and designers and they're on the phone and they're talking to each other and so you're a sponge. If you're smart, you're a sponge and you're learning about conversations someone's having on a phone with a client or uh, you're listening to two other architects talk about a problem with designing a detail in a building. And so just by being immersed in a studio environment like that at a young age, you you learn those things. And and so and I and I tell our, our young folks all the time, take your headphones off and just listen to what's around you, you know, while you're sitting at your desk. That's really important. So those 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 summer internships, Leslie, are really just about kind of learning the basics. And and some of it is business if if you're keen and you and you listen. A lot of it is about sort of the technical aspects of architecture. You know, how do you put a building together on a piece of paper or on a, or a large stack of, in a large stack of paper? So, um, so you go to
2: work, uh, after college with LS3P, um, here in the what, late nineties, early two thousands, right. uh, give us uh, a sense of those early years, entry level position. Charleston yeah. is, you know, just starting that uptick. Um, what was the world like for you and Elizabeth during that run?
0: Yeah. So, um, like, like any young, uh, Intern, we were living in a little apartment downtown, uh, uh, enjoying that uh, lifestyle. My wife, my wife was in graduate school, as I mentioned, and so, you know, it was kind of being immersed in, in downtown Charleston was fun as a young person. Um, I think I think more on the professional side, it was about again um, trying to take advantage of every aspect of what was thrown at me in the firm, or maybe seeing opportunities for growth that maybe weren't thrown at me that I could jump into. Uh, because We were a large office. We had about, I want to say, 85, 90 people at the time. And we had just merged with another office in um, Charlotte. So, overnight, LS3P went from about 90 people to about 180, 190 people overnight. And so, all of a sudden, the resources of, of a really large firm are at my fingertips as a young person. So, I'm just trying to take advantage of what technological innovations need to happen that maybe I can be a part of. Because being right out of school, I may be more adept at some of these things than folks that have been in the profession for 10 or 15 years and never been exposed to that, right? Um, What other architects that I don't work with on a day-to-day basis might I have conversations with or have the opportunity to ask advice from, uh, whether it's a it's a uh, design challenge that I'm going through or whether I just have sort of a philosophical question about how to navigate a situation, having those resources uh, within your office because you're part of a large office, taking advantage of that was huge for me. And, um, anyway.
3: Yeah. So, uh- In uh, sort of wrapping it up, uh, one of those final moments, during that time, it was huge. How did you stand out in a field of 100 people? You're CEO now. So what was maybe some of those qualities that got you noticed enough to be where you are?
0: That's a great question, Leslie. Um, I've always operated from the, the posture of do good work, do your best, um, ask for advice when you don't know what you're doing, and and take every opportunity to to learn. and And I think, for me, it wasn't like you know, jumping at a, a major opportunity and trying to you know outshine everyone. I think a lot of it was, and I go back to this kind of humble nature, um, really trying to just do my best at everything that was thrown at me. And then when I was finished, ask people what else I can be doing to help them, whether it was. Related to the project at hand, or related to something else in the office, and so what ha- by doing that, what happened was um, I started getting into marketing opportunities. I started looking at, I, I started being invited to do some um, creative exercises that were outside of the projects I were, I was working on. And so again, it was more about exposing myself to more people, and then people asking me to be involved in things. And I think when that happens. Um, there's just sort of this natural um, progression of hey I want to wor- I want to work with Mark Mark wants to work with me and so you just get involved in a lot more things than just what you're supposed to be doing if you're just doing your job you're always only going to be doing your job right and so I I think it, it was that simple for me. It it wasn't like just, you know, it wasn't jumping into some major um, opportunity um, that I had no business doing. <laughs> that and makes sense. And I'm sense. curious,
2: if you look back at that path, you know, was there a moment, or when was the moment, I guess, whether it was, you know, entry-level position and along the way, like, that you really understood and believed that there was an opportunity for a leadership role, a yeah. CE role, when did, or was that something
0: you aspired from the day you jumped in? You know, I, I always aspired, aspired to always being better every year, always trying to move up in the organization every year, whatever that meant. And and for me, and, and I would say this to anybody in, in the architectural business, success does not necessarily mean climbing a ladder vertically. There are successful opportunities within the profession uh, to grow and be highly influential in your craft uh, horizontally as well. And so, but for me, it was always don't be stagnant, always be changing, find Additional things to do so that you can grow, and a lot of that for me, Eric, came uh, through the opportunities doing a lot of work with MUSC. I was um, it, it, at one point in time we were fortunate to be awarded the Ash River Tower, which is um, which was the first of what will be three hospitals that were built on Courtney Boulevard. Now we have the Children's Hospital, the second one. And uh, while that project was underway, we had a large team working on that. Well, I was working on everything else, and so. Because of that, um, the resources that I typically might have to to work on a project, I was sort of thrown into doing every aspect of a project, which means I either had to learn things quickly or just have the confidence to step out of my comfort zone and say, I'm going to go tackle this or I'm going to go tackle that. I created by by doing that, and this obviously was by uh, happenstance because of the nature of the work. I started uh, winning some projects with clients. Uh, I gained the confidence of clients, which means I'm writing proposals. I'm getting more involved in the financial aspects of, of, of the project uh, and the and the um, the the contract aspects. So I'm growing as a total architect before my eyes, not even knowing it uh, while it's happening. And it just happened to be a circumstantial thing. It, I feel lucky because of that, and um, but I also feel like I I was I had enough confidence to kind of lean into that, uh, and then knowing when I was out of my lane to go ask for help, if that makes sense. Well, we certainly know that success doesn't
2: happen in a vacuum, and along sure. the way, there are many, as you are talking about, opportunities, but there's also the opposite, which hopefully next week, we'll get a chance to share uh, some of those uh, challenging moments that you went through on that journey. Unfortunately, we run out of time. It just goes by so quick. That was quick. fast. Your, your life in 26 minutes, right? So um, anyway, <laughs> appreciate having you again. Mark Marchant, CEO and principal of LS3P. Thank you for your time today. Thanks. Enjoyed it. Again, you've been listening to Beyond the Business, heard here on 94.3 and presented by the College of Charleston School of Business and Coastal Wealth Management. And until next Saturday morning, Low Country, have a blessed week.
1: Thank you for listening to Beyond the Business, brought to you by the College of Charleston School of Business, the College of Charleston School of Business, where students are beyond ready to work. They're ready to make an impact. Tune in next Saturday morning at 9 for Beyond the Business, hosted by Eric Cox and Leslie Haywood, and heard exclusively on News Radio 94.3 WSC. The College of Charleston School of Business is recognized among the top 30 colleges for studying business abroad by the Business Research Guide. With nine undergraduate majors, ten minors, and six concentration areas, an honors program in business, and master's programs in business and accountancy, the College of Charleston School of Business has more than 3,000 students enrolled. Their students are ready to work, and they're ready to make an impact. For more info, visit sb.cfc.edu.